If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're listening to Mind Medicine. Mind Medicine. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Welcome to the Mind Medicine program. I'm your host, Charles Coves, that we bring this to you in association with a wonderful charity, Mind Medicine Australia. I'm in Melbourne. It's New Year's Eve. Who would imagine that I'd be working on New Year's Eve at 7 p.m. Melbourne time, 6 p.m. Queensland time, the Gold Coast time, the home of TNT Radio, uh, global headquarters, really. And it's midnight in Los Angeles on Saturday night. It's 8 a.m. Sunday in the UK, 9 a.m. in Budapest in Hungary. And what time is it? It's 3 a.m. Sunday in on the East Coast in New York. So welcome to the show. My guest today is Professor Ian Brighthope. I will introduce him a bit later. And it's wonderful to have him again. We've had we've I've had him on the show before. He's a wonderful fountain of knowledge that we will discuss all sorts of useful things. This show is all about how and why mind matters and how to keep your mind in great shape. We talk about ideas to provoke new ways of thinking about your life and life generally, about Australia, about politics, about what we do with politicians. We discuss insights into mental health issues and health issues of all description. And to that end, we are delighted that we are bringing this program to you in conjunction with Mind Medicine Australia, founded four and a half years ago, almost five years ago, by Peter Hunt and Tanya de Jong, who created this charity with a view to the legalization of psychedelic drugs, particularly MDMA and psilocybin. And the great news is that they were successful. And in Australia, and this is a world first, from the 1st of July this year, it's now possible for psychiatrists to prescribe psilocybin and MDMA. And these psychedelic drugs are proven to give amazing, outstanding results to people who have been suffering for a long time when they've been stuck on pharmaceutical drugs. So psychedelic drugs have got a big future, although the TGA is wanting to attack medicinal cannabis. That's another conversation. Uh, but we congratulate Mind Medicine Australia on that. Go and have a look at the website, mindmedicineaustralia.org. Professionals can be trained in the administration and the processes involved in the administration of these psychedelic drugs. And it's just a it's just a wonderful, wonderful outcome. And I'm told that this makes Australia a leader in this field. Ian Brighto might have something to say about that, but I hope that's correct because that's what's been that's what's being said. Now, when I talk about health, and we this is the Mind Medicine program, we're talking about health of all description. My definition of health is based on the Hungarian word for health, egészség, which literally means wholeness, being whole. And my definition of health is that health is the unique optimal balance for you of mental, physical, and spiritual elements. It's unique. It's whatever is optimal for you. And your job is to do what you can to understand what is optimal for you because your health is nothing more important than your health. In my view, I would give away all my money for great health for the rest of my life. And the quit the challenge I put to you is what is more important to you, money or health? 
We also talk about passion and its impact on your life and health. I am Australasia's passion provocateur for 30 years after I left my legal career. I've been provoking as a provocateur for people to pursue their passion. And my proposition is that if you are pursuing your passion, your mental health problems will reduce. And the simple model that I share in most of the shows, I keep reminding it, keep the repetition of it is such an important principle is that passion is a source of energy from your soul, from your heart, from your spirit. And mental health problems, of course, come from your mind. And there are two emotions that drive you, love and fear. Fear comes from your mind, driving mental health problems. But the more you come from your heart space, the less fear influences your decision-making. And fear shrinks you, love expands you. And that's the picture I invite you to bring into the next year, 2024. Do not let your life be dominated by fear. Now, before I introduce Ian to you, I want to make a couple of comments. I invite you to think about what your New Year's resolutions are going to be and think as you are deciding that, are you allowing your life to be influenced by a lot of fearful uh, influences, fearful elements, instead of instead of going into your heart space, instead of understanding the amazing capability that each one of us has? You know that Thomas Edison did a beautiful, beautiful quote. He said, "We would be, we would be, all of us would be blown away by what we're capable of doing if if." We need to do it. And that's the thought I want you to have as you come into this new year. There's a major problem at the moment with a, with a lawyer friend of Ian's and mine. Um, I certainly know him personally. Ian certainly knows of him. Dr. Rainer Fulmick is a lawyer, German lawyer, US lawyer, who is being tortured in German prisons, has not been convicted, has been jailed. He was snatched from the German embassy in Mexico where he's been living. And I urge any of you who can do anything, I've got the address, you can write letters to him. We need to put pressure on every single German embassy on this planet because what's happening to Rainer Formic, a true freedom warrior, a fighter for truth and justice and pushing back against the COVID illegitimate actions of governments, he has been nabbed by the German government and we have to do something about it. I am doing something about it. I urge you to think about what you can do about it. One of my missions on this program is to keep bringing to your attention my my game plan to track Dick Dan, track Daniel Andrews, dictator Daniel Andrews, resigned suddenly as Premier of Victoria. It is my considered view as a former lawyer with deep understanding of the law, that these politicians who do bad things, who do criminal things, who do corrupt things, should not be let when to go off into the sunset living off their retirement benefits without being held accountable. Some of them are, and Daniel Andrews, in my view, is the worst premier in Victoria's history. All of the premiers of Australian states who were in charge during the COVID lockdowns the unlaw, what I say are unlawful lockdowns, have all left office. Mark that, everybody. Quite, quite interesting. If we, the people, let these guys get away with it, the current crop 
in power will keep doing what they've will keep doing what the previous ones did because there's no consequences. I want them to understand that there are consequences. That when they get out of office, if they've done the wrong thing, we the people will hold them to account. I got some news yesterday that Sweden Sweden has banned mobile phones for children. So Ian, that's something we might talk about the impact of of 5G on children's brains. So that's an interesting development. The excess data from around the world keeps being published and the mainstream media continues to ignore the excess data. Our job is to bring that excess data to everyone's attention and to keep saying to the politicians, What's hap- what are you doing about the excess data that's happening in Australia or wherever you live? The other matter on which there is a remarkable silence is child trafficking. It is appalling. In the mainstream media, it's acknowledged that a million children a year are trafficked. I have it on good authority, and this is the number that I quote, that a minimum of 10 million children a year are trafficked. How much of that do you see in the mainstream media? I call on mainstream media to stop being fraudulent about this child trafficking issue. We get all this nonsense in the paper about one child dying from a tree. 10 million around the world are trafficked and sold. And there are pedophiles who are in this game. I will have access to some information that the people, the pedophiles who are in this game, are not all scumbags at the lowest end of society. They are very highly placed scumbags. And we have to shine a light on this. The movie Sound of Freedom shone a light on it. The mainstream media gave it very little coverage. That's the game plan of mainstream media because mainstream media is in on supporting pedophiles. They pretend to be shocked by it. They're giving no airspace. The beauty of TNT Radio, and I'm delighted that you are here with us, is that there's no political correctness, there's no wokeness, there's no censorship on this radio program. This is such a horrific issue that it just makes my blood boil. And you, and what my point is that you have to know about it, because if we rise up against it, that's another important factor in in mainstream media and but other media sources talking about it. It needs to be talked about it. It needs to have a light shone on it. All right. Lastly, I think that's enough. The last thing I want to say is on the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab's band of cronies of of evil intent people who want to create one world government. Their mantra for their meeting in Davos in January this year is rebuilding trust. Imagine that. I wouldn't trust the World Economic Forum as far as I could throw them. Do not trust this band of evil globalists. And we need to, again, shine a light on their activities and we need, you know, in, in one way, we can wake people up to this through humour. So understand the science is never settled. Anybody who tells you the science is settled is trying to defraud you. The same thing happens. There's no climate emergency. There's no settled science around the climate. There's no settled science around levels of CO2 in the atmosphere. Carbon dioxide is a crucial element to your existence and mine. Spread the TNT news and at all times. This is our mantra in the Mind Medicine program. Choose to be happy regardless of the fight that you are in. You can be happy while you're dealing with your problems. 
I'm happy. I'm happy to be on TNT Radio that we have this place where you can discover the truth. Well, you can contact me by email, charles at covest.com. Check out my Charles Covest show on YouTube or Rumble. We're up to episode 181 today. And visit the website, charlescovest.com. All right, Ian Brighthope, Professor Ian Brighthope. I've known him since the late 1980s. He's a genius, wonderful health professional. He's an expert in integrative medicine, the founding director of the world of wellness, an expert on vitamin C, and alternative solutions to the pharmaceutical model of healthcare. Ian, welcome to the show. And tell us about, firstly, about the world of wellness. Thank you very much, Charles. And for, before I say anything, uh, I'd just like to thank you for inviting me on the show again and giving me the opportunity to talk to your listeners uh, about the things that interest me. Um, I started the World of Wellness International over uh, 15, 16 months ago, because there was a need for education, there was a need for research, and there was a need for clinics and clinicians to help the people who've been damaged by the vaccines, to help the people who've so-called had, had uh, long COVID or given uh, the opportunity for a mild virus to, uh, to hit them badly. Um, we've also uh, doing a lot in terms of uh, meetings and talks and uh, substacks and writing to uh, inform people in Australia and also around the world. Those who want to join us on the World of Wellness are more than welcome to, uh, to come and become members because we uh, are doing our best to uh, pull people together uh, to fight against the tyranny that's occurred, to fight against the tyranny within medicine. Uh, as soon as tyrants want to change a population, they attack the medical profession and they attack the academics and those who are awake to uh, what's going on uh, within the megalomaniac's mind. So uh, the World of Wellness is basically a very humble organisation of people of like mind who are humble enough to admit that we don't know everything, but we do want to live as human beings. We want to be free. We want to be free of tyrants. We want to be free of, uh, of uh, the things that have happened during this last pandemic uh, of a uh, so-called virus that was going to kill 50% of the people. There was so much BS floating around at the time, I, I couldn't believe uh, my ears. Uh, and I still can't believe what's happened over the last four years, uh, Charles. It's a horrible it's a horrible outcome. Now, World of Wellness, Ian, is aiming to set up a new health system. And I'm intrigued, you know, I'm intrigued by what that would look like. You know, what, what would a new system look like? Well, a new system has been in my mind for the last 45 years since I graduated, Charles. That's, that's why I've, I, uh, I've been doing what I've been doing in medicine, and that is challenging every aspect of medicine. Um, every aspect of what I learned in medical school, I challenged, and that's why I got into so much trouble. Uh, however, um, you know, the development has been occurring over the last 45 years so that we have something uh, when hopefully the, the system does implode on itself uh, we retain what's good of the system that is surgery anesthetics intensive care uh, and trauma management but we get rid of the rubbish and the garbage and the and the control by the by the pharmaceutical industry and i've been fighting the pharmaceutical industry ever since i graduated in fact before i graduated um my my, my uh, upbringing in uh, in real science agricultural science uh, taught me about living things from soils to, to pastures crops Animals, animal husbandry, uh, reproductive uh, cycles in animals, etc. 
fertility in animals all have to do with what they put in their mouths what they put in their little mouths yes so we, we know uh, that the basic building blocks are critical for good health so uh, as you mentioned before physical mental and spiritual health is important uh, they are the factors that we consider and when we talk about all of these we talk about our relationship with the external environment as well charles so um I've gone off uh, off track as I usually. No, no, that's 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 very good because what I'm what I'm very keen to understand is that the new a new system of healthcare. You know, you agree with me? Well, sorry, you it is my view that the medical profession is magnificent for trauma. So if I have a car accident, if I if I'm burnt, like I'm a director been a director for seven years of the kids foundation and we we help kids who have been burnt so the medical profession is magnificent for traumatic injuries but it is a disaster for giving health advice for stopping people being unwell because of this this focus on pharmaceutical drugs and and so it seems to me from conversations and presentations that i've seen you talk about you know that the hospital treatment of people with health problems other than traumatic issues needs to change them because we've got to go to a we've got to go to a break in let's unpack what that would look like your vision for somebody who's in hospital let's say with pneumonia with with stage four cancer and we'll we'll see i really want to get our audience excited by your vision that you've had for 45 years we'll be back after this short message i'm with professor ian brighthope and you're on mind medicine program you should hear what ross cameron is talking about i see there's a new trend taking place sweeping uh the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks where you go for a walk without your iphone without uh, a headset and just alone with your thoughts apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing but subsequently liberating uh, certainly i find if i get into a motor vehicle with a teenager it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, taylor swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus we are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company ross cameron on today's news talk radio tnt back in time and who was mike flynn he was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. At this moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, 
or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNT Radio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Welcome back to the Mind Medicine Program. I'm Charles Coves, your host, and I'm with Professor Ian Brighthope. We were talking about an alternative health system. So... Ian, give us just unpack that a little bit for what that would look like. Well, it'd be a system, Charles, where uh, people are made healthy and kept healthy rather than wait till they get sick and end up going and seeing a doctor. We do need doctors, but we don't know how to look after ourselves in terms of health. That, that really should start with our education system right from the beginning. We do need to educate our doctors and our mothers and fathers better with regard to health. And, and we know more than enough about what's good for our health. Uh, it just requires some self-discipline. Self-discipline is far less hampering than chronic ill health. Always said that. So th this is why I started the College of Nutritional Medicine. Why I've been involved with uh, uh, academic organisations. I set up uh, um, uh, the uh, AMA, the alternative to the AMA, uh, I've been involved in a lot of these things, which are basically the fundamentals to a new system. And so there's a lot of doctors and healthcare professionals around who are able to work with, within a new system where you, you try to avoid hospitalisation, you try to avoid disease, uh, and you make sure that the most important things that people are missing out on, and that's micronutrients, are corrected in their diet so that they don't get arthritis, inflammatory disease, cardiovascular disease, dementias and so on we know that we can prevent a lot of these things charles and that would be the new system prevention better than cure but we still always have to have cures for you know trauma and so on uh you know so it brings me back to some of the most fundamental things that i've learned in uh, in healthcare over the, the, the many many years and one of the most important things i learned was the use of um, of ascorbic acid for um boosting up the defenses of the system and reducing the damage being done by diseases to our system. Uh, and that is basically the simple molecule called vitamin C. It is a most powerful uh, redox reagent. It's an antioxidant. It's a reducing agent. It protects our cells and our tissues and our DNA, and our proteins and our lipid membranes. 
it fights viruses, it fights bacteria, it fights uh, cancer cells, it fights fungi, it fights a whole range of uh, chemicals that can uh, be toxic to our system. For example, benzene toxicity, morphine toxicity, anesthetics and their toxicity effects, the toxic effects of antibiotics. It, it can actually make our microbiome, the normal bacteria in our gut, behave better. It can actually heal ulcers. It can actually reduce a whole range of pathologies that we tend to ignore because we don't know what to do with them apart from treat them with drugs. So the number one thing when somebody gets sick is to increase your intake of vitamin C. And it may, may protect you against getting a, 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 a more severe infection rather than just getting the flu. You, you protect yourself against uh, getting pneumonia and ending up in hospital. And if you've got pneumonia and end up in hospital, you insist on the doctors in the hospital giving you intravenous vitamin C when you are admitted into the hospital, you've got that you have that right, uh, and they've got a responsibility to actually. Hang on, hang on, Ian. Are you saying that if I go to hospital with pneumonia, I can demand intravenous vitamin C? You can, as the patient. And what happens if they don't give it to me? Well, I'll tell you what happens if they don't give it to you. And I've fought the intensivists over this last four years over this. Uh, including in front of a Supreme Court judge in the middle of the night, that you will die. You've got a chance of dying. And I've seen patients in hospital die. I have seen patients I've been involved with, the families, pleading with the doctors and the intensive care specialists to give them some intravenous vitamin C. It would save their lives. But they won't do it. It's not a part of their protocols. And their protocols are far more important than their patients. These people are in, in these situations, they may be good people, they may be good doctors, but they're not the best in terms of being physicians and helping the patients heal themselves. And this is a, a battle that I've had for 45 years. Ever so, since. So, so I can demand it, but it's not guaranteed that I will get it. That's that's the issue that I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. well, it, I would I would be demanding it and I'd be looking at the literature and I'd say, uh, have you measured my uh, blood vitamin C levels? And I'd say, no. Well, measure my blood vitamin C levels, measure my white blood cell levels of vitamin C. And if my white blood cells are low in vitamin C, I think I'm uh, at risk of dying or having serious complications. So I insist that you correct it. And I insist that you correct it quickly. Don't give me any oral vitamin C. I want it intravenously because that's the only way it's going to get into my white blood cells quickly enough so that they can fight this infection. We don't die from pneumonia after having influenza. We die because we have a vitamin C deficiency. All of these things that we've been learning about with regard to COVID, for example, thrombosis, clots, hemorrhaging, failure of the immune system, they are all, it all comes back to the initial, initial cause, a lack of vitamin C in the system. You've heard me talking about vitamin D as a preventative agent. That's very, very important as well. But when we come to a critical situation, it's the intravenous vitamin C that saves lives. And, and give, us, give, us, give us an idea of, of in, in that critical care, because you've had some remarkable success stories in terms of putting 
you know, what people would consider remarkably large amounts of vitamin C intravenously. By the way, I think still the daily recommended level of vitamin C is 30 milligrams. Well, golly gosh, um, you know, I've I've had intravenous 30,000 milligrams put into me on a number of occasions. So you've told me stories of way over 30,000 milligrams intravenously. Well, when I as a medical student, I was told, well, the recommended daily allowance is a little bit more than 30 now. Uh, uh, Charles, it's around about 60. But putting that aside, I was told by professors that if I took any more than 100 milligrams or gave any more than 100 milligrams, we would see kidney damage and kidney stones. Well, you mentioned 100 milligrams. Uh, you mentioned 30,000 milligrams. We've given up to 100,000 milligrams. In fact, to one of my HIV AIDS patients, I gave 220,000 milligrams, the biggest dose ever at the time anybody had ever given. Uh, and that fellow had Kaposi's sarcoma, who was a cancer, and his Kaposi's were starting to fall off his feet. Incredible. So, please, uh, the, the greatest myth that's ever been created in, uh, in medicine is that vitamin C causes kidney stones and kidney damage. I've reversed kidney damage in patients with kidney disease with vitamin C intravenously. And I said at the top of the show, the science is never settled, you know, and this idea gets hold, doesn't it? And that's, and that's promoted by Big Pharma. By the way, cheers to Darren from country Victoria, who's rung in to uh, wish you and me a, ha a happy new year, Ian. So, Darren, we wish you the same to you. Thanks for listening. So that's right. This science is settled. <laughs> Good on you. Um, you know, the science is settled. Vitamin C causes kidney stones. Well, and then when it didn't cause kidney stones, I just vitamin B12. Well, that was a myth as well because vitamin B12 levels increase when somebody takes vitamin, vitamin C. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a great myth. And, you know, we, we need vitamin C because we are members of the higher apes and we cannot manufacture it in our liver where most other animals, um, apart from the guinea pig uh, and the higher apes and man, uh, can't manufacture it from uh, a simple sugar such as glucose. We need, we need extraneous sources to actually optimise our health, especially when we are uh, unwell, when we're taking medication, especially uh, chemotherapy, but also when we are exposed to viruses. And if, if you get stuck into some vitamin C early when being exposed to a, a flu or a flu-like illness or a cold or you know somebody who's got a serious uh, infectious disease, um, you're going to reduce your risk of, of contracting a serious illness and you may... Uh, actually reduce your risk of, of contracting or having the transmission of the virus or bacteria into your system in the first place. Because the white blood cells actually need vitamin C to produce hydrogen peroxide, which is bleach. And basically the bleach in the white blood cells kills your viruses and bacteria. It's very simple. Um, but, you know. I love it. Uh, drugs are far more profitable. You go into intensive care, you get drugs to make you sick, you make you sicker. Uh, if you had your intravenous vitamin C, we showed this in a study that we did in Turkey not so long ago. Yes, tell us, about, tell us about this study that you had some significant financial support for this recent study. Yeah, we did. It was a study done by the National Institute of Integrative Medicine. It was a study that was performed by um, Professor Karen Reed and Professor Anthony Sali. Uh, I'm the Director of Nutritional and Environmental Medicine, and so I was involved in the design of the study to some extent. But basically it was... Uh, if you were given intravenous vitamin C 
in intensive care, you're out of intensive care much quicker than those patients who didn't receive it. Now, my experience with uh, patients in intensive care is with patients who are severely ill on ventilators, on life support, and uh, you can actually get them off life support and keep them alive rather than keep them on life support and wait until they die. And that's what we've experienced. I've experienced before COVID and I've experienced this be, uh, during COVID. I've got one lady who I've, I've become very close friends with uh, who was pleading every day for the intensivists to give the vitamin C to her husband while they were watching him pass on. It was, it was, he, was, he was not too bad to start with. But they gave him the drugs in intensive care, uh, put him on the ventilator, and, of course, it's the worst thing you can do in somebody who's got um, um, cardiac weakness, heart weakness, because you, you're put increasing the pressure uh, in the chest when you actually put somebody on a ventilator, uh, and that increased pressure stops the, the return of uh, blood into the heart and reduces the output of the heart as well. So you compromise the patient tremendously. You actually put them on a death row. Terrible. So what's your view, Ian, of... Of, of protocols um i talked about at the at the top of the show that my you know the definition of health that i've adopted you know the unique optimal balance of mental physical and spiritual now now i've i've i'm blown away by the complexity of the functioning of the human body now you talked about the your agricultural science background, the complexity of soil. I'm also president of the Peak National Body for Industrial Hemp in Australia, and I, you know, I've been exposed to the complexity of soil. Our bodies are so complicated that you've said to me that we really don't understand a great deal about what's going on in each of our 70, 80 trillion cells give us a sense of the depth of understanding that medical science and and the world has about how our bodies function well we we are learning more and more all the time charles but with more and more development of computers and the develop and the understanding of the human genome now we've got the opportunity to ask what does this base in this particular gene actually Function. How does it? What does it do? What do these genes do to one another? Um, the ones that are close to one another, the ones that are distant to one another. How do they operate? And when somebody eats garlic and sulfur compounds go into the gene, what does the, the, that that actually do to the gene? What does the curcumin, the uh, molecules we find in turmeric, do when it gets into the nucleus of the cell? When we ask these questions. Um, we don't know the answers, and there's huge amounts of research to be done in this area. We're wasting money developing drugs and pharmaceuticals uh, with the equipment and technology that we've got when we should be looking at these other, other areas. And I see the future, and it's going to take a couple of two or three generations because we have to change our attitudes towards health so that we have a healthy world, a healthy globe, and a healthy human population. Um, we, we, we will be able to predict if we know the human genome and what all of the genes do and their interactions with the environment, including the water environment of the cell, and all of the thousands, tens of thousands of chemicals that we're exposed to, the good ones in our foods, the good ones in our microbiome and the bacteria in the gut, what are the inter interrelationships here? And then we will be able to say to somebody, these are the molecules you need to optimise your genome so that you can grow to a, a ripe old age 
free, be free of illness. We don't want to live, we can't live forever, but because there always will be degeneration, in my opinion. But we can live like my grandparents did and just pass away in their sleep without a day's illness in their life. That's the way I think we should be going. And when we have our quantum computers and we have the amount of data that's required to put into those quantum computers, all of the things I've been talking about, every gene in the human genome, every nutrient in the human um, uh, nutritional uh, dictionary, and determine what they do with the genome, that's the exciting part of it. The other exciting part of it is the electronics of the body. You know, why do some people attract viruses and why do other people repel them? Just like magnets. Um, you know, you've got two North Poles, they repel one another. We have a North Pole and a South Pole, they attract. Well, if you're the North Pole and the virus is the South Pole, you're going to get the virus into your system. <laughs> Simple. If you're the yeah. North Pole, virus is the North Pole, they're going to repel. And this is molecule to molecule stuff. It's so exciting. I mean, and water comes into this, the study of water. We, we, we just ignore water and we take it for granted. But the, the, the structure of water and the function of water is absolutely critical for life. We know that. Yes, but, well, I, I, I went, Ian, I went to my first naturopath in 1965, a, a famous man called Lawrence Armstrong. I'm sure you heard of him in Melbourne. And I learned that water is so crucially relevant. He taught me that constipation is the number one cause of disease. The biggest cause, single cause of disease is constipation. And the number one cause of constipation was lack of water. So, so, and, and then we've got the Japanese and other experts studying water the you know the life of water i've got the book on my bookshelf and the the sheer complexity of water then tied into our bodies and then the energy generation that happens in our cells if we've got the correct amount of water all that complexity so ian come back to this come back to this um individualized medicine which then goes op totally opposite to the protocols that when we match, and I'm involved in this, so we might come back and explore it in further detail, when we get AI analysing my DNA, all right, and then putting all this, literally, it can now be done so that AI will look at my DNA and say, yes, I need more turmeric and curcumin, and I need less less selenium, less magnesium, and I need more vitamin D and more vitamin E variation. Do you see that as an, I mean, my sense is, yes, you see it as an, as an exciting development of matching AI plus my individual genome. Well, Charles, absolutely. And uh, also uh, you may need to, uh, at 8.25 in the morning, uh, repeat a whole lot of affirmations because even thinking and, and, spell, and, and saying words has an effect on the, the biochemistry of your system. So ah, that's very I love it. Look, let's let's touch on that because we've got to go to a break. But I love that idea. You know that gosh, because we we're talking about mind medicine and and the the words that we do, the impact on our bodies, and we might get some deep insight. I'm with Professor Ian Brighthope, and we'll be back after these messages. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. I'd like to thank Senator Lindsey Graham. Recently, while speaking on ABC's This Week, he brought up some important issues that 
are very important to the survival of our democracy and what's going on in this country right now. And by the way, they've gotten lost in the shuffle with all the concentration on what's happening to Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera. So give a listen right now to what Graham said. It's not a rule of law based ruling. It is a political decision. The hatred of Trump is so widespread. You know, the Democrats want to pack the Supreme Court, abolish the Electoral College, make D.C. and Puerto Rico a state and nationalize elections through H.R. 1. This Colorado Supreme Court made a political decision. In my view, there is no constitutional basis for the decision they rendered. I think it will be a a slam dunk in the Supreme Court. Donald Trump will eventually be on the ballot in Colorado. Of course, Graham talking about Colorado's Supreme Court removing Trump from the ballot, and they will not stop with Donald Trump. It's very, very important. Uh, no more electoral college if the left has its way, nationalizing elections, etc., etc. They do not like our democracy. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve, healing, nurturing, rescuing, protecting, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations has never been more important, and it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. The Nonprofit Alliance. This is Mind Medicine on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back to the show. My guest is Professor Ian Brighthope. We're talking about integrative health. We're talking about vitamin C. We're talking about Ian's 45 year vision for a new health system. And before the break, we talked about personalized medicine. And Ian made this lovely statement said, maybe. My genome says that 8.25 a.m. I need to do some affirmations each morning. Tell us tell us what you mean by that, Ian. I love that idea. Well, Charles, um, when we uh, think uh, and create words, we also need to speak and reinforce the thoughts of the, and those words. And by doing that, especially if there's music playing, we can reinforce the words that we're using. For example, one of the affirmations that we teach cancer patients is every day in every way, I'm feeling better and better and better. Or every day in every way, I'm getting better and better and better. And the more they say that to themselves, the more it becomes a part of themselves. But not only that, it reduces the stress. And when you reduce the stress, you reduce the stress hormones. And the stress hormones not just cause stress, but when they break down, they become free radicals and radicals in the system that start destroying the entire system. So we, we put our entire brain, nervous system, heart, lungs, spleen, liver, glands, gut, everything under stress. So just using some words that are comforting and reassuring and we start to believe if we repeat enough, if you repeat something enough, and you're using music to do it, it's easy to learn something. It's easy to learn a rhyme when you're singing. You learn the words of the rhyme when you're singing the rhyme. Uh, some of the language people call it earworms. You can learn a new language very easily if you learn with music and you repeat it. So this is 
affecting your biochemistry. And if you affect your biochemistry positively, Charles, with good molecules, that has an effect on your genome because it's all about epigenetics. And we've seen the change in people who undergo nutritional products, nutritional uh, uh, supplements, uh, change in diet, change in exercise, positive affirmations. You see changes in their appearance, in their phenotype, because you're actually having an effect on their genotype. But when I was uh, studying uh, medicine, uh, sorry, agricultural science, uh, every now and again, uh, a black and white uh, cow and bull would produce some offspring with some red on it. Uh, and we were told, you know, it's not because the barn roof is red and the bull saw the red roof and so the calf has got some red on it. It's because of the genes and the throwback uh, of, of the genes that are there. So the environment we were taught does not influence the expression of the genes. Well, we know now that it does quite quite clearly. The microenvironment of your nucleus, of your cells, uh, therefore the microenvironment in which your genes are floating, are very dependent on a whole range of uh, substances that we take into our system. Very simply, we all know about zinc now in the immune system. Because zinc plays a role repairing our, our, our DNA. When the DNA breaks, we've got repairase enzymes and they are dependent on zinc. If we don't repair them, um, we have cells that are mutants. So we, by by encouraging ourselves to get rid of the stress hormones and all the, the downstream effects of the stress hormones, we can actually alter our uh, expression of genes, especially if we give them the building blocks from our diet. Um, it's It's what you talked about at the beginning of the show, Charles, it's all about holism, holism. Even the orientation of our beds with regard to the North and South Poles and magnetic fields is important. You know. Yes, I, I love that whole energetic model. You know, we are, as, as Deepak Chopra would say, or Wayne Dyer, you know, we are, no, D Deepak, you know, we are just bundles of energy. And we think we're physical, but of course, I'm a fan of Buckminster Fuller, as regular listeners would know, viewers would know. And and each atom that makes up our body is 99.999% empty space anyway. So, Ian, we are literally empty space, aren't we? <laughs> we are empty space, but that empty space is full of charge, positive <laughs> and negative charge. And that's, that's what we've got to keep in balance. You know, I, I love it. I love it. And I used to, it used to be, you might have said, but I've come, you know, that we are what we eat. And I, I prefer, well, I, I add the piece onto it. We are what we don't eliminate. And so, you know, we, if we put toxicity into our body, then that accumulates. And if we're not eliminating that, and then the vitamin C helps our body to, to eliminate what it needs to. Come then to the mind, Ian. Give us a sense of, of you know, we've talked about affirmations and music. What nutritional steps can people take who suffer from brain fog in particular? You know, I'm getting a lot of people I'm talking to, and, and you know, I say to them, well, walnuts, yes, but what else can people do in that space? And I know you're not prescribing here. I know, you're, but yeah. I want to have I want to have a very healthy mind myself. What what can I do nutritionally? Well, very very 
uh, quickly, Charles, there's a whole range of things that actually cause this brain fog, uh, and they do need to be worked out. I mean, swing blood, blood sugar swings, for example, or taking in toxic protein, too many toxic substances as well, or toxins from the gut. We know that the toxins from the gut can actually go right up the vagus nerve back into the brain. Uh, so, you know, these are, these are things that are just uh, now being discovered. But I had uh, a large percentage of my patients, uh, probably about a third of my practice were psychiatric patients, a third were cancer patients, the other third were severe autoimmune type uh, conditions. Uh, and I had access to a psychiatric hospital, psychiatric medical hospital. So I used to put my medical and psychiatric patients in the hospital and, and had, had referrals from uh, psychiatrists as well. And what we did was we put them on a fast for four to seven days uh, and cleaned them out, cleaned out the bowel, made sure that all of the uh, material in the bowel was cleaned out, a couple of magnesium sulfate enemas, and that cleans them out. Uh, put them on uh, pure water only uh, for uh, uh, four to seven days if they would do it. Uh, this included people with serious illnesses like you know, insulin-dependent diabetes. Um, and at the end of that period of time, we challenged them with various foods to find, and chemicals to see what they reacted to. So we actually found the substance that were causing their problems. And quite often, it was gluten or dairy that proteins, uh, yeast, another one, uh, and uh, you know chemicals, even uh, perfumes and uh, substances that um, people put on their bodies to make them smell nice. Uh, some uh, they would react to, and uh, we also measured their levels of hormones and vitamins and minerals and we found that many of these patients were deficient in, in uh, vitamins and minerals and quite often it's the water soluble vitamins like the b complex vitamins that they were deficient in they were low in vitamin c of course most of them uh, and again we come back to some of the common minerals that we've been using in covid and non-covid patients and that's magnesium and zinc and selenium so it's the, the critical nutrients in my opinion are the b group vitamins if you you get, get enough of those into the system, it will help with the brain fag. Uh, uh, and uh, the, of course, the vitamin C. And the vitamin C must be taken properly. Most people don't take it properly. They take one dose a day and think it's enough for them. It's far better to divide the doses up and take four to six times a day uh, the initial period. And, and even if it's a half a gram or a gram, getting it slowly into the system is far better than just taking one big bolus dose and expecting to get a result from it. So mm. uh, you know, taking the vitamin C to bowel tolerance is what we recommend, and that means you know get some grumbles and pain in the gut and uh, loose bowels. But I always say to patients that the side effects of vitamin C are wind, loose bowels, and chronic good health. Wind, loose bowels, and chronic good health. I love it. I love it. Now, I want to touch on the issue of child vaccines and I'm I I have five children I discovered 12 years ago Ian about the fraud that was being perpetrated on Australians and people in the West and in Australia with the schedule the childhood vaccination schedule of 43 vaccines in the first four years of life 43 antigens all as double triple quadruple injections my question to you and i warn you that paul oosterhouse dr paul oosterhouse answered this question for me last week i said how many of these standard vaccines not the COVID jabs which are not vaccines at all how many of these standard vaccines that are on the australian government schedule 
have been properly tested for safety and efficacy to the Zero. gold to a gold standard. Zero. Zero. That's the same answer that Paul gave me last week, and that's well, my. I mean, you'll get that, that answer from all of the doctors who are awake to what's been going on. Um, honestly, Charles, the gold standard is a double-blind placebo-controlled crossover study. Well, with vaccines, you cannot do a crossover. It's as simple as that. So the gold, you can't apply the gold standard to, to, to vaccines at all because once you've shot a vaccine into somebody, you can't say, well, we're going to take away the, the active and give you a placebo because you already get the active in the system. So, you know, that's, that's, so the gold standard doesn't apply uh, to, to can't apply to vaccines. Uh, and <clears throat> the, the raising of antibodies to the antigen uh, is not immunization because immunization is far more complex uh, than that. Immunization, natural immunization means you get the whole virus into your system via the normal route, which is either through the nose or the throat or the gut and not into the muscle so that you produce all of the protective substances that the body can produce at the level of the nose, the throat, and the gut, or the, or the lungs. Um, that doesn't happen with an injection into the muscle. So you're actually creating havoc within the immune system. You're creating a biochemical uh, chaos. Uh, it is a, a, a disruptor of your immune system. We know that. We, we, we know that the, the immune system becomes imbalanced after vaccination. If you've had an injection and you've got a sore arm, that is an indication that you will probably get a disease if you become exposed to the virus or bacteria that you are meant to be protected against because you don't have the full immunization from natural immunity. And Ian, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, that, that's, that's a, we've got to keep moving because we've only got about a minute to go, but... Thank you for that articulation. The other question that I have for you, I've met many parents who refuse to give any of the vaccines on the schedule to their children. I have yet to meet a parent who did not give the vaccines who regrets that decision. In other words, every parent who's who's not given these jab, these vaccines to their kids, their kids are, to are remarkably healthy my question to you is have you had parents come to you who regret that they did not give their children vaccines oh absolutely uh, not no sorry no <laughs> um if they've not given the vaccines know that these these parents have uh, well they have healthy children and i mean my my children were not vaccinated they've, mm. they've really had a, a serious illness in their life they're yeah both very good athletes both very bright uh and my, my son was a uh, a, a star a rower at school. He was captain of boats and rode for Australia overseas. Very healthy and fit. Uh, never had a day's illness in his life apart from a mild, you know, gastro or uh, the, uh, dislocated his shoulder in an accident. But that's not. Um, no, that doesn't count. Ian, look, that is magnificent. There's magnificent evidence, and you know, I say to people, the the Amish are a great example, a, a group who prove the evidence of what you're saying. Thank you so much for being with us. Now, I'm going on, off to a fancy dress party on New Year's Eve. I'm dressing up. I had to dress up as a character with the first letter of my surname, so I'm going as King Charles. I'm going as King Charles IV. I wish all listeners, I wish you, Ian, a happy new year. We will have you back because you are a wonderful fount of knowledge. 
Um, thank you so much, everybody, for watching and listening. Be careful with your New Year's resolutions. Understand what you really want. Craft those resolutions. I wish you a year full of love, not of fear, of great health. Listen to this show, listen to TNT, and we'll be back with you next year. Good night for now. Ian, thank you for being with us. Thanks, Happy New Year to everybody.